0: This is the Star Coach Show with Meg Rinchler, episode 230.
1: So, let me tell you exactly how to find your super niche. The first step is we do like a blue sky of every single industry and interest group you could possibly work with. And we list three problems that you could help them solve for each of them. And then we score them for what's the fit for you, your skill set, your background. The second is we score it for dollar potential. And the third is we score it for access to the people who would be making the decision. Your personal access and public access, like are they gathering often and in, in mm-hmm. groups that you can penetrate? So then once that scoring is done, that's step number one. Then the three strongest emerge, you can imagine, because it's a score, numbers don't lie. The second step is you go into, uh, into the market and find five of each of the top scoring industries or interest groups and you ask them the questions around the pain. You validate the pain, and then you validate the pricing and you validate some other things. So really it's you getting it from the horse's mouth and that's it, that's the strategy, that's it. You found your super niche, you validated it with the market and then once you figure out exactly what words they use to describe the problem, then you can use that, plug it right into your marketing.
0: Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, Take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rentschler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and welcome to the show. It is wonderful to have you here. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler, executive and mentor coach. I got to tell you, our guest today is going to talk about something that I absolutely know is going to bring you so much value, because in the dozen years that I have been a coach, instructor, and mentor, I repeatedly hear, how do I introduce myself in such a way that people Understand what I do and not just understand what I do, but want to know more about it, want to engage with me and have a conversation with me. And that is exactly what Chala Dinkoy is going to talk with us today. Chala is the CEO and founder of the repositioning expert, a division of coach tactics and a marketing strategist who helps professional service companies change their messaging to attract more decision makers. Now, Chella knows what she's talking about because she used to be in that decision maker position where working within corporate America, she had the responsibility to say yay or nay to contractors. And as she describes in the interview, she often said nay. She knows what decision makers are listening for. And as a marketing consultant and the author of Gentle Marketing, A Gentle Way to Attract Loads of Clients and How to Win Friends the Way Apple Wins Customers, she is going to bring that expertise forward for us just like she does on the television shows that she gets brought onto, and the speaking engagements that she goes to. She's going to help us understand what are those secrets to creating an elevator pitch that absolutely wows customers, wows your clients, and makes them buyers. So in today's interview, we're going to do a little experiment that I was not necessarily the best guinea pig for. I don't think that I shone in my example. However, Chala shines in the way that she engages with me and pulls the information from me. So it's so valuable to actually see this formula in action. She's going to begin and and we know that that coaching is all about both supporting and challenging. And I think that in this interview, Chala is definitely both supporting our growth and challenging us to sharpen that saw and get clear about our differentiator, and how we're going to engage with clients. So I won't make you wait any longer. This interview is rich with information. Let's introduce you to Chala Dinkoi. Chala, welcome to the Star Coach Show. What a
1: delight to spend time with you. Thank you so much. You know, it's been so long since I've spent any real time with real coaches and an MCC, right?
0: A PCC. I'm working on my MCC. I just have, unfortunately, allowed other things to become a priority over that process. Oh, okay. So so working on it, have the hours, Have I just have to get all my ducks in a row.
1: Wow. I'm a... Like a lapsed ACC. So, my hat's off to you.
0: I appreciate it. And my hat's off to you for the work that you do. So, we are going to be talking all about, and guys, your ears are going to perk up on this because I know this is something that we all need to refine, which is our elevator pitch. We want it to wow. We want it to attract. And there's an element to that that Chala knows that we don't know. So we're going to get there. But before we get there, I would love to know a little bit about what's led you into working with coaches and working around the elements that you work to help them be successful. So it probably won't
1: surprise you to hear that it was a coach that led me to become a coach. And she was fabulous. And she was a coach you ICF coach. And I had always had I me mean, I was a corporate, I'm gonna say slave for 18 years. I don't know. I mean, you know, you you were a therapist, you weren't yes. in that boat. But it was it was a slavery. because I had like, because mostly because of who I am, because I'm like, You know would tell my three levels of higher up bosses that i thought they were wrong and i could never play the games and the politics Mm -hmm. it was just like i was just never gonna go anywhere in the corporate world and it was 18 years of sort of like dreaming of doing what we're doing now which is owning my own business and i worked for some pretty damn sexy brands like pepsi pizza Hut, frito-lay i always managed a lot of money a lot of people and people were pitching me nonstop and you know vendors right in the position and i had the budgets and had the brands behind me to to you know have that audience and i always 18 years spent saying guess what word no thank you no no, thank you. 18 years. I just kept saying no, because not because I'm mean or anything. I mean, no, I am. no,
0: <laughs> you were, you had, you had a, a job you had to do. No, exactly. And there's so
1: many reasons why people say no to the vendors. Right. And mm-hmm. so when I started working with a coach, I started working on having a business and, and, you know, developing the dream. And I still kept working for seven years because I was still too scared. And then there was, God bless her, this bipolar woman that I worked with, that we had a fight that lasted two years. Oh,
0: my goodness.
1: And and the management team did nothing about it, right? Like, think about executive coaching. And my manager, who was younger than me, was so terrified of the situation, he ignored it. So it just came to such a head. And I could kiss her on the lips for this, that I had to leave. And thank God for her, because I was never going to leave. The salary was too good. I I it was so too easy to do the job. I could do it in my sleep and yet I was so scared cuz I come from an immigrant background and crazy name like Chala Dinkoy, And so I we had always been trained, you know, don't risk. Yeah. Uh, Stay money. safe. Yeah. Gold handcuffs, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I thank her every day. I have no idea where she is, but I now make four times what I used to make. I have a, you know, an 11 year old. I'm a single mom. He's on the spectrum. So I'm able to provide for him. He needs lots of un- non covered sort of medical stuff, right. like just such good, good a life that I've made. And then at, during COVID, I lost all that because I'm in Canada. So I would I would do conference speaking and I would get tons of clients and the borders were closed. right? Right. And so I lost, and, and all the conferences were canceled. So I lost all my income. And then I invested my brains out in learning how to do this online. And I have, I recouped half of what I made in my best year, which was 2019. And I'm now poised to scale to seven figures because I couldn't possibly physically double, triple the number of conferences I was going to physically. You're only one person who right. can
0: travel so much. Yeah. Exactly. So
1: I'm just so glad. And what it's all coming down to is what you were saying, Meg, is that that one line or that elevator pitch, it's all boiling it down into something that stops people in their tracks, whether it's online, on LinkedIn, when you're direct messaging them or on a zoom call, when you're in breakout rooms and talking to each other and asking each other what you do, or one day again, hopefully in person, when you're actually meeting them, and they say, what is it that you do, you're able to stop them in their tracks. And they you want out of that conversation after 30 seconds for them to say, I need your card, or we need to talk.
0: That's or I, I know somebody who needs to talk to you, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but definitely that person will hopefully are we're getting that person to engage in, in more conversation with us. So good. But why coaches? What makes you, what made you sort of decide as a coach that you wanted to work with coaches?
1: Oh God, they're in so much pain, Meg. They're in so much pain. It was so painful to them. And I knew I could help them. I knew like, I, I didn't know when I became a coach, I was starving, right? I graduated from, you know, with my ACC. And I thought once I have that certification, I'm going to make a living, I'm going to make the same amount that I was making, I just need the certification. And it was so wrong, because everybody was saying and doing the same things as a coach, I didn't know, because the training was the same for being an executive coach versus, you know, like, you still get the same degree versus right. a personal coach, you have to specialize in yourself and nobody teaches you that. And if I didn't spend 18 years launching new products into the market, trying to figure out how not to cannibalize the existing brands on the shelf. And when you have a new one, okay, how do you make that different? That's called differentiation. I learned that from the best and the biggest brands in the world. And so when I put that together with what I was seeing which was like no differentiation, their median, we were talking about this median income is 20 grand which I don't know, I think in Canada, that's like poverty, you know, and I think in the United States that that's poverty as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, and it was, most people could never leave their day jobs if they were certified coaches because they could never make a living. And what I saw is the only coaches that are actually making a living are the ones that are either like you, they already have some form of either consulting or, or a therapy business that they just add this as an add on to. So and I thought, that's just sad. You know, why? Why should that be that way? Mm-hmm. If we can't heal the people who are going to heal the world, then what What hope is there, right? If we can't help them heal more people in the world, and in, in order to help them, we have to help
0: them get clear. So important. And as you were talking, I just see all these faces flash through my mind of all the coaches that I've taught over the years who had sort of that same thing. Okay, I've got, I'm going to get my certification so that then I can just go into the world and, and I built it. So where is everybody? And the concept of, yes, it is a beautiful profession that really creates an impact in the world. And we've got to help you build a sustainable business. Otherwise, you're going to be doing something else to get your income and then maybe fitting coaching in other places and that's not what your passion or your your drive is if if you've invested in the training and wanting to be a coach. So let's talk about how do we as we think about differentiation. You talked about that several times. Differentiation, clarity about what makes you different than the other thousands of coaches that are out there. What do you want people to think
1: about? So the, it's really, really simple. I've made this really simple. There's, there's one word that I use that I teach, this one concept that makes you different. And it's called super niching. So super niching is finding a very specific industry or interest group, if it's B2C, business to consumer, if it's B2B, or it could be B2C as well. So for example, my B2B interest group that I serve are certified diverse businesses. So women-owned, veteran-owned, so because they self-gather, they have like, an event happening every day of the the year in the United States if you you know want to go to any of them to prospect. So basically what I'm looking for when I pick a very specific target is that they self gather in large numbers and frequently. So that's the first part of the super niche is you have to pick a very specific industry or interest group and then the second part of the super niche is you have to find the most expensive problem you can solve for them. And that's it and that's your super niche. So once you base your entire messaging, your elevator pitch, your, you know, website, your even business name, your tagline, mm-hmm. everything that you say, your blogs, your executive roundtable titles, your keynote titles, everything around that super niche, and you can own it. And then you become known and associated for that super niche that you're done. That's all you need to do. So my super niche is in fact, what I am is a marketing strategist, but there's a million people who say the same thing, mm-hmm. right? Right. I'm competing with agencies and and strategists and, but what I've super niched into is elevator pitches because, and I super niched into elevator pitches for diverse businesses. Cause what I, what I, when I did the research, I found that they have these enormous thousands of people when it was, you know, conference time, right. um, They have these super orgies of matchmaking. Like, so you're the diverse Owned like women-owned company are are pitching non-stop to these big corporations to get to do business with them. So and you brought your expertise from your past life into that as well. That's exactly what happened. So that was my big super niche. Now, come this year, of course, those conferences have all moved online. And now the new problem is that you have to make an impact on LinkedIn. So, how do you make an impact on LinkedIn? Is you need a one-liner. Mm-hmm. And again, that boils down to your super niche.
0: And that's so, your differentiator is your super niche. And I am sure that as you have created that that niche yourself, you must hear some objections from the people that you work with about getting super, super targeted. Yeah. And what, what are some of those objections that you hear that maybe some of the people listening right now are thinking, but, but,
1: but. <laughs> no, there's a ton of objections to uh, letting go of just one, like concentrating on one slice of the pie and letting go of the all the rest of the slices of the pie. But what I tell them is it's only for the next six months. You can just use it just to, as an incremental revenue stream, just for, you know, like a new funnel, just in the short term. If it doesn't work out for you, uh, you can keep doing everything else the way you're doing it. Mm-hmm. But it's, it could be just an incremental add-on. So I'll give you an example. IT companies are very similar to coaches in that they're not differentiated. So I had an IT company who came to me and said, well, we are losing our revenue. Can you help us? And what we super niche them after we did the research, by the way, I never super niche based on what I think or what you think. We go and ask the market and they tell us what to do. So we super niche them in reducing call wait times at for healthcare because people were literally dying waiting. <laughs> oh, it's awful. <laughs> right? So then that we um, just sub-branded something called On Hold Rescue. They sold $805,000 within two months of doing that research to an existing healthcare client. So all I'm saying is once you're super niched around a very specific industry and a pain point, you are so clear on what you help with. You are so clear on who to call and what to say that it takes very little time to make a lot of money. So you can, that's to your, you know, to to the fear of, oh my God, I'm letting go of everything else. Don't let go of anything else. Just, you know, put some focus on this new area, do a few things around it Mm -hmm. and see what comes in.
0: And then when you become the go-to person in that particular area, then it, it, you don't feel like you're letting go of the whole pie because your piece becomes really, really flavorful. (laughs) Yeah. And and deep and And why, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, I hear sometimes, but if I, but I could coach anybody, why are you telling me to get really specific about who I coach? And, you know, my thought is the client wants to work with somebody who they know knows them and what they are experiencing versus a jack of all trades.
1: Yeah, you know, I often tell the story of my little guy Logan, and we didn't know that he was autistic at the time, right? He Mm -hmm. was, you know, what's the age that they the babies they transition from mush into solid foods? Do you remember? Do you have
0: kids? I have, but they're twenty three and twenty six. But I think it's like seven to nine months somewhere in there, isn't it? Whatever that was, he was using it, right? So we and
1: they tell you to put in bigger mush chunks. To then like get him to chew on it and mm-hmm. so like it in. Well, he would gag on it and he would start to, oh, to throw up and was scary. It was scary. And then he stopped eating altogether because he just was expecting it and he didn't want he didn't like it. So these were all little clues that he was not, you know, everything wasn't kosher. So and we were late parents, like I gave birth when I was forty, and we were terrified that this kid is starving himself like understandably, just terrified already late parents already so many mishaps. So I hired I went nuts and hired three pediatric nutritionists.
0: Three,
1: Yeah, but the two that I hired couldn't help us could not help us. They everything they told us, you know, we either couldn't do or it just wouldn't respond. Mm -hmm. Finally, we were so desperate. And they were they felt so sorry for us. They referred a pediatric nutritionist from all the way across the other side of the country. And Vancouver, BC, who specialized in transitioning to solids. Can you believe it? I it was so talk specific. about a super niche. Yes. And so whether she fell into it or not, most people fall into it because they don't have the background that I do. They don't work with someone like me. So I learned how to Skype for that woman. I still talk about her. My child is 11. And we, did, we paid her more, definitely, twice as more versus anybody else. Mm-hmm. Her colleagues became instead of competition, her colleagues referred her.
0: I was going to say they became referral yeah. sources for her. And, yeah.
1: And not only did we pay more, she attracted a higher level of client and we did everything she told us. So co- compliance became higher,
0: right? Right. When you're but, paying that kind of money and you want that kind of specialty. Yeah. You're not going to say, eh, that doesn't sound good. Can you tell me something else to do? That's the story I often tell about super niching is how mm-hmm. effective it was, so good. So that's differentiating and super niching. So when when you are doing all of that, you need to create a message that wows people. Around it. That's right. Yeah. And you said everything needs to be consistent exactly. around that message. So a lack of clarity, I think, sometimes is one of the things that undermines coaches' success, undermines their ability to differentiate because they just aren't clear. What are some things that you work with your clients to even get some clarity around around this process? Right. So let me
1: tell you exactly how to find your super niche. The first step is we do like a blue sky of every single industry and interest group you could possibly work with. And we list three problems that you could help them solve for each of them. And then we score them for what's the fit for you, your skill set, your background. The second is we score it for dollar potential. And the third is we score it for access to the people who would be making the decision. Your personal access and public access, like are they gathering often and in, in groups that you can penetrate? So then once that scoring is done, that's step number one. Then the three strongest emerge, you can imagine, because it's a score, numbers don't lie. The second step is you go into, at, into the market and find five of each of the top scoring industries or interest groups, and you ask them the questions around the pain. You validate the pain, and then you validate the pricing and you validate some other things. So, really, it's you getting it from the horse's mouth. And that's it. That's the strategy. That's it. You found your super niche, you validated it with the market. And then, once you figure out exactly what words they use to describe the problem, then you can mm-hmm. use that plug it right into your marketing.
0: Beautiful. That's it. Be- and so, while it, it is simple, I don't know that it's easy. I mean, it's it's going to involve, as you're listening, you know, putting the time and the energy into doing that. It everything Chala is talking about is going to take some some investment of your time and energy in order to get to that to that rainbow, the pot at the end of the rainbow. But we've got to kind of put the work in. We don't get it clarity if we don't spend any time putting. The work into that. It's actually uh, two to four
1: weeks to figure that out, depending on okay. how fast you go. And it's mm-hmm. 15 minutes and you talk to 15 people for 15 minutes and that's it. Mm-hmm. So
0: it yeah. So it, I wasn't so taking it's sermonable. I was just meaning that like think about this people, you've got to put you got to put a little bit of the work in to get the results.
1: Yeah. And and sadly, like most people don't know what to do. They don't know some people don't even know that they're supposed to do this, but they don't even know And then once they get enough coaching and education to know, hey, I'm supposed to have a niche, then they have no idea how to figure it out. And then what I've seen in the market is people are telling them the wrong way to figure it out. They're making them do either like Google research or sit in isolation or talk to current clients. And it's not, that's not what you do. What you do is you talk to the market with people who who don't know you, who don't trust you, who don't like you, right? That's who's going to tell you the truth. And they're going to tell you what their problem is that they would actually hire a complete stranger like you for. So those are some of the ways that I teach how to Mm -hmm. get to the
0: answer. So good. And even thinking about, and I'm sure you teach this, like, how do you identify those people and how, what do you say to them to give them, to get them, to give you time to, to share these kinds of things with you. Great. Like food for thought here. So as we think about the next step in creating a pitch that wows, we're taking all that data that we've gathered from the different things that you've done, their languaging, the, the pain points that we've heard about, the goals that we've heard about, all that information that we've gotten, what do we do with it? Okay, so what we do is the formula of the perfect elevator
1: pitch is the who of who you target, the who you serve, plus the pain, the most expensive pain that they have. And the reason why pain is so important is because 70% of humans make a purchasing decision based on problems, solving Mm -hmm. a problem, and only 30 make a decision based on value add. So if you're not talking pain, there's no sale. I always that's my big quote is no pain, no sale. Mm -hmm. So and if you haven't identified their pain, and you haven't uncovered their pain, you're not going to get the sale. So why not use that? Psychological leverage to get their attention because we are biologically wired to look for danger, and that's why when your language, as soon as you open your mouth in the first thirty seconds, is about their a danger to them, they will listen to you rather than glazing over when they say, "I'm just another executive coach." You know, I help teams build. You know, through change management, whatever it is, it's like, yeah, yeah, blah, blah. I help with leadership, like, yeah, yeah, blah, blah. That's basically Mm -hmm. what they hear if they don't hear the, their specific pain. Right. So going back to the perfect formula. Mm -hmm. So I know I've offered to polish your elevator pitch. So try to think of, okay, what is the one industry that you'd like to double your business in? And right now we're picking it out of a a hat. We wouldn't normally work that way, but just name an industry or an interest group. And then what is their most expensive problem you solve? Plus what is the plus very high level, how you do it. And then The last is the result that they get. So I'll give you an example. Okay. My elevator pitch is, and to sex it up, I give it a pain stat. So I give it, so for example, and this is the true three Mm -hmm. out of four coaches, when they introduce themselves to their prospect, never get asked for a meeting or their card. What I do is I fix what they're saying in their elevator pitch so that every time they open their mouth to say hello to a new prospect, they get asked for a meeting. So, that, so you saw how the three out of four is the mm-hmm.
0: problem to the, and who. And, and very then, truthfully, I'm surprised it's not higher than three out, out four. of four, <laughs> 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 which is horrible for me to say, but I was like, three out of four, I would have put more like nine out of 10. So, okay, good.
1: <laughs> exactly. So if that makes sense, if you want to take a shot, then okay. we'll put it together.
0: Okay. So this is going to be very rough guys, because uh-huh. I didn't, prep for this in advance and it's not at all going to sound like chalice. So the thing that comes to mind is I work with mid to senior level executives to strengthen their communication and empower their teams to get more done in less time. Okay.
1: So can, and can you give me an, an industry that you work a lot with? I
0: work a lot in, in healthcare industry.
1: Okay. So let's care. Let's say it's healthcare executives, right? Mm -hmm. And what is
0: the most expensive problem that you solve for them? The most expensive problem that I solve for them is, and so it's, it's creating health, healthier, like, that's a really good question, Chala. And I'm sure all of you are like, okay, this is good. So it's, (laughs) it's like getting their people to to carry their own weight so that the leaders aren't doing everything themselves. So I don't know how to kind of say that it's, it's like the most expensive problem that. I. So what's the result of that on the business? The result on that is that the higher productivity engagement, like overall and retention of employees, like the, the overall result of that is that they have healthier, happier, more productive work environments.
1: Okay. So is, so let's pick one out of the productivity engagement or retention. Which one do you want to pick is the most expensive one that you hear most often people talk about that you work with?
0: Probably retention.
1: Okay. So let's say retention. And what is the number one reason why they're losing people that you help with?
0: That I help with the number one reason that is being underutilized, like under, underappreciated, underutilized, whatever, like not a lack of empowerment is, but I don't know if that it's that the the employees are leaving because they're not feeling appreciated, empowered, engaged. Okay. So
1: pick one of the three as being the most prevalent and painful, underutilized, unappreciated, or unempowered. 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 Okay. That's why they're leaving. That's the number Mm -hmm. one. So what, how do you
0: help? that how do you help? The, is it the executives that are leaving? Or it's their it, It's the their teams? it's sometimes executives, but it's really kind of I work with the executives to keep their teams okay, engaged, so empowered. Teams. So I'm sorry, your question again was okay, so it's so the healthcare executives teams are leaving because of the lack of empowerment that they give them. Correct? Right. And then your question, I remember, how was, you- uh, so how do I help? Yeah. Uh, so I actually help by helping leaders communicate in a way that pulls the best from their people and empowers their people. So I help them communicate more effectively and engage in a more, basically, I'm saying, so I teach them coaching as a leadership style, which is not what people want to hear. So Did I- you- a communication style that
1: empowers. Yes. Okay. So I think that's, so you're, you're going to be the team empowerment coach. So that's your one liner, according okay. to what you're telling me. Okay. okay. And, and what's the result is you reduce uh, retention or. You I reduce, increase retention, retention engagement, and productivity. Let's stick with retention. Let's okay. just pick one, because mm-hmm. I want you to be super niche. A metric that you've improved it, like some sort of stat, by half or by I would say that double retention. Double retention. Okay, great. So, if I if I have your permission, which I've been doing, we did that in advance, so we're good to go. All right. So, what you would say is, can you give me a statistic around how many healthcare executives have this empowerment problem, or think they have this empowerment problem, and are experiencing retention issues, like? Nine out of ten, or is it? Oh yeah,
0: I would say that. I would let's go with with probably four out of five. We'll do that just to be safer.
1: Yeah, Yeah. you can. And the way you can scale a scope it, is just to talk to them and ask. Right, right, right. And then so four out of five healthcare executives agree or think that have a they have a retention problem with their teams that comes from lack of empowerment. And what I do is I coach them on how to communicate better to empower their teams so that we can double their retention.
0: So that's good. It. Did yeah. everybody hear that? I mean, that is, and that was just like a couple minutes with Chawla. Can you yeah. even imagine? Yeah. So that's the, the the kinds of things. Now that you've done that again, can you re-highlight the, the sure. steps? That's the, the steps. So- I just want to, you know how when they say they
1: show you a stunt and they say, don't try this at home. So don't try to guess at your super niche because that's called throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping it sticks because if it doesn't stick, and I'll tell you, I just had a new client start today, this morning, and she's been guessing at her super niche and she's built programs, Meg, she's built three levels of programs. And she's built websites and she's built social media funnels and it's not working. So please don't try this at home. Meaning, right. Like do it the right way, figure out that I have, you know, lots of different, you know, free stuff, programs, whatever. We're going to give some resources at the end, but don't figure it out on your own, go into right. the market as much as right. you can. So,
0: And I did want to emphasize that while I sort of created some statistics in my head, what I would, what, what food for thought that gave me is okay, now I need to go gather that data yes. so that it's actually accurate. We did this as a demonstration, but yes. I would only go forward with that with some real data. Right. Okay, so go ahead.
1: Okay, so I said the four out of five, and that's the statistic to scare people, all the bejesus out of people. And then I said the who, which is healthcare executives. So remember that it's very specific in terms of industry or interest group. And then the problem is, around retention. So what I said was four out of five healthcare executives have think either whatever they say it is, Mm -hmm. either they think they have a retention issue or have a retention issue due to lack of empowerment. And what I do is so that's the next part of the, Mm -hmm. the equation is I help teach them how to communicate to empower their teams. And the result is so that we can double their retention. Beautiful so
0: slick so now as we think about we we've started with differentiating the way we differentiate is we super niche the way that we super niche is to get this data and this understanding we we are doing that to create a a con- continuity of message and we want that message to wow what have we left on the table I know we've left a lot on the table. I, you know, we, we might keep her here for a week, but she has other things she needs to do. So what, as, as we're closing out our time together, before we get to the resources, anything else that we want to be sure we touch on? The biggest thing that I see is people
1: are guessing. So I, I've already told you about it, what I think about that. And the other thing is, because what you brought up is people are so afraid of niching that they'll generalize. So in my, in my book, generalizing equals death like it's it's anonymity it you're blending in 86% of buyers can't tell the difference between two suppliers and to be generic is just you know the reason why they're blending in so yeah that's that's really stopping generic be different And this is just the most powerful way I know of differentiating. There are other ways like, you know, personal branding, you know, celebritizing your brand. You know, I've been on the Jumbotron in New York city. I've got, I've written four books. I've been on 19 television shows. That's the celebrity side of it. And then Mm -hmm. the personal brand side of it, you can play off, you know, a persona like there's the insurance mom. And she literally is a cartoon of a fifties woman in an apron and in the, in a plethora of insurance brokers, she stands out the insurance mom. You can Google her and all of her stuff is like, call your mom because your mom knows better, you know, about insurance than anybody else. And here's some chicken soup for your, you know, insurance needs. So that's the kind of persona that you can build around your brand. And again, that takes more sophistication and more slick, right? Sleep. right. You need to keep the brand voice all the time. You need to crank out content with the the style of that brand and so on. And it's done and I, I teach it and some people do it very well. But the, the sure one, the the best one I know of, the fastest and the most profitable one is this super niching
0: exercise. So good. So good. So how can people stay in touch with you and, and follow up with you if, if they'd like to do so? So I'd like
1: to give a gift. It's a book that I wrote called the Gentle Marketing Book. Being a coach and Canadian, <laughs> it's like those you know, fit all together that, so well. They all fit. And so uh, if you go to repositioner.com/gift, repositioner is my website. So repositioner.com/gift is where you can download the book Gentle Marketing and e-copy. And also, if you are looking to hire someone like me you can go ahead and book a call. And then, you know, we'll see if there's a fit. And there's also
0: a button there that you can do that. Excellent. Thanks so much for bringing your expertise to us and giving us things to think about and begin to think about our path forward. You're welcome. I I think the world needs
1: coaches so badly. And I think we need to heal some of the wounds in coaches around business, money, spending, safety, visibility, all those things. And that's my mission because I have to overcome and heal those things so that I can help more people. And that's what I'm here to do.
0: So, so needed and so appreciated. <laughs> Thank you. So, there you have it. Is your head spinning, kind of thinking, ooh, how do I gather my data? And what am I going to put in that elevator pitch that just wows? If you'd like to know more about Chala and the work she does, go to starcoachshow.com forward slash 230. And all of her links are in the show notes for this episode. I'd love to hear how you're doing with your elevator pitch in what you think about this formula and how it's helping you. So, As always, please feel free to send me feedback about the show at at megatafocusonresults.com. I invite you back to our show next week when I am visiting with Dr. Chris Coltis. If you are a leadership coach, if you work in organizations, you are going to definitely want to tune in next week. As we talk about why personality is not enough in understanding and coaching leaders, we are going to talk about motivational hooks. We're going to talk about self-awareness. We are going to talk about so many things that are really going to leverage up your understanding. And very truthfully, even if you're not a leadership or executive coach, there are some key messages about our own personal understanding next week that I think is going to really be a game changer for you. So join us next week. If you're enjoying the show and you know of somebody else who would really enjoy one of our episodes or just the show in general, I did an interview today with a a fantastic coach that you'll hear of in the future when her show comes up. But she said that finding the show was such a delight for her because she didn't realize that it was out there and now she's sharing it left and right with coaches who are so pleased with the resources that are available. And I would ask you to do the same. If you know of anybody who could really benefit from the information brought forward in the show, gosh, please share the show with them. Let's spread the love. So until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. We'll see you next week. Have a great one.